Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Well, we have a special treat for you today. It's probably a bigger treat for me, honestly, than it is for you, but I hope that you do find it intriguing. Um, You've heard Mitchell and I talk about Coach Richard Westbrook several times over the past three years as we've done this podcast. If you've listened before, well... He is here today, and we're going to get into some accomplishments along the way, but Coach Westbrook was my cross-country and track coach back when I was in high school, back in the early 80s, and probably he, quite frankly, probably did more to help mold me into who I am today, good or bad, uh, than uh, more than anybody except maybe God and my mother. So uh, he has essentially retired from coaching at this point, but still in a kind of an unofficial way, helps with the try and cross country team, which is his old hometown and his high school from um, more than just a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he is uh, he is with us here. So please welcome Coach Westbrook. Welcome to Cahutta. I think I'm glad to be here. It's a great place. In Cahutta. No, really. I like, yeah. I like the place. It's similar to trying, so I like the – Feel and the size and the look of the place. If you can just find it. Yeah. That was the main thing. It took thing, me a right? while. I took one wrong turn, didn't know where I was going, but figured out I was going the wrong way and had to double back, <laughs> find the right road, and here I am. It's all good, we, and we like it here. Um, all right. Well, we're going to do this podcast a little bit differently. We're going to do this kind of as a, a more of an interview type thing, sort of like we did with Alan Webb rather than uh, our, our normal Um, sharing main stories, but we're going to share some great stories, I'm sure. Before we get to that, let me talk about our sponsor of this week. It is Ken's Car Star. They feature state-of-the-art unibody and frame repair equipment, expert painting, towing assistance, vehicle pickup and delivery, and a nationwide warranty in a clean, inviting environment. We've repaired more than 4 million vehicles since 1989. That's why more people choose CarStar Auto Body Repair Experts for their vehicle repair needs than any other body shop. Call Ken's CarStar and schedule a free estimate today. CarStar is all over the country. We've got our local guys here. I think there's, I think they have four local shops now. So they continue to grow, and it's because they do such a great job. So if you have the opportunity, go see them at Ken's CarStar. All right, we're, we don't have a Facebook post or a trivia question this week. Um, we will have two trivia answers next week, though, because we're going to go over a trivia question this week. So um, that'll be fun. So, Coach, let's talk about your family. I feel like I'm part of the family uh, at times, and I, um, j- just because I feel like I grew up with, with your family, and um, it's, it's, it's cool to see them growing up. So tell us about, about your family. Yeah, you were you were close because you were just a couple of blocks away. Yeah. So no matter how much we tried to hide from you, you kept showing up. <laughs> but seriously, no, was, I feel I kind of feel the same way. And the family, I have my wife is at home with a recuperating from an operation on her foot. 
which yeah. looks like Frankenstein monster's foot right now. Had stitches all in it and everything. But but she's tough and she's hanging in there and it's actually getting better right now. She's up and around and I don't have to do quite as much for her as I did when she was down a little bit more. Kind of a re- reversal of fortune there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's glad to be up and moving around because the longer she lays down and be off her foot, the crankier she gets. And I'm glad she's up and around. <laughs> so that's the way that works. Good thing you never get cranky. No, I'm sure I don't. <laughs> but, uh, she just kind of says, oh, that's her response when I get back and then turns away. And I know I better clean up my act. Uh, and then we have... Um, Locally there in Shrine, uh, my daughter is there with her daughter, grand, uh, granddaughter for us. Braley is her name. She's a ninth grader. She does some running uh, when I can get her out the door and away from her iPad. It <laughs> runs well when that happens. I'm just trying to get her going more now than she has been lately. She runs to school a couple of times a week. And I try to fill in the other days, and she has a school race coming up in which they pick a team to run. I think the first race is in Ringo. Yeah. Cool. Uh, with an elementary cross country day there of some sort. Oh, so cool. their so season has Brayley, but you don't call her Brayley. Call her Rainbow. Yeah, first. I, I, I'm not even sure if I re- realized what her real name was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just start talking about her sometime, and people say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Who? No. I know season has Brady, but who in the heck is Rainbow? <laughs> say, oh, okay. I have to explain that. I just kind of forget about that. Yeah. Everybody should know that, but it doesn't. Um, because that's the first thing I thought of when I first saw her, her little face and smiling. But now she's getting a little precocious, and that Rainbow name have, may have to disappear to Groucho or something. <laughs> At nine years old, it's bound to happen. Yeah, it does. I yeah. expected that. She's kind of taken after her mother. So other other kids? Yeah, I have a daughter, Wendy, which is the older daughter. She lives south of Atlanta. She's got a family down there. and um, She's got two kids that are in their teens or entering their teens. Yeah. And uh, well-placed family, uh, a good Christian family down there. And they have an older son, Shane, who's the oldest, and he is living down fairly close to us in near Jonesboro and taking care of his life and working. And we had a younger son, Casey, that unfortunately died a few years ago, who was a burgeoning artist. Yeah. And uh, that was unfortunate, but think about Casey every day. Yeah. He did some pretty cool things on movie sets, right? Yes, he did. That was part of what he did was he was involved in in movie sets. Some pretty cool stuff. Well, Trine, like you mentioned, is a lot like Cahutta. It's a little, little, tiny, little, small town, right? Yep, small town, but it has a cotton mill, and I don't think Cahutta does. No cotton mill, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) But we have the Cahutta General Store and the Red Wolf Grill. Well, so, there you go. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. That's Americana right there. Yeah, yeah. So you're still an ultra-marathoner, I guess you'd call yourself, right? Well, I've been called a lot of other things, <laughs> some good, some bad. But, yeah, that's when I think about racing and a racing schedule, that tends to be ultra-marathons. 
even though I haven't done any racing in the last couple of years, I don't know if it was because of the pandemic or just because I'm older or because my wife just gives me too much to do. <laughs> but do you plan on getting back to I'm it? Get, I'm working on it, and my mileage is coming back up. Yeah. And uh, so, how many, how many miles a week? Do, I mean, if you're preparing, let's the Vol State 500K is a over 300 mile race. Yeah, 315 so, miles. That's my favorite race. So, in the days in in the months leading up to that, how many miles a week do you run? Well, I kind of gauge it from the January the first and pure preparation for that and the average mileage per week attained during January would be 90 to 100 miles a week and then that would pull back down to way below 50 to 30 miles a week or so in the last couple of weeks before Ball State happens. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And it's all ultra marathon running which kind of fits me because it's slow and easy. <laughs> well, I remember doing uh, doing long runs back when I was in high school. I remember when we used to run from – we would start, to, I guess, locally, and then we would run to some town 15, 20 miles away. In bet- we usually did it over the Christmas holidays, if I remember, um, every year. Yeah. So, do you other, remember those? Our other holidays that were – extensive enough to that we get the run in and still have other days to yeah do your own thing yeah yeah i remember those those that was a staple of the program yeah yeah we, at, uh and we would there were usually there weren't enough we, we usually could all come home in one vehicle mm-hmm. so in, in a van and uh so there weren't a ton of a, a ton of folks that would do it but it was always fun but we would we would run and we'd have rallying points i remember we'd kind of group back up and then we'd go again and We'd rally one last time about three miles from the finish line. And in that last three miles, I would just try to hammer that last three miles. <laughs> and sometimes you were pushing me hard on those last few miles, I remember. So how did you how did you get started coaching? I was um, at Austin P. State University up in Clarksville, Tennessee, being a physical education major. Went there with the pure purpose of becoming a football coach which changed after my first year and I was on the football team during that first year but I was being knocked around like a I don't know what (laughs) so I figured maybe there's a better way to do this but actually I was taking courses in uh, educational courses in physical education in the education department and learning about physical fitness and finding out that what I thought about football fitness didn't really compare to life fitness mm. and that aerobic running and distance running would prepare one for a longer lifespan than the kinetic energy in football would prepare one for. That would only prepare you to hit somebody else and knock them down. <laughs> And this took care of the internal system better. So the more I learned, the more I I was impressed with it. And about that time, Ken Cooper's aerobics book came out, which Mm. transformed the U.S. into a society that was finally getting out and getting on their feet and knowing how much to do and 
how hard to do it. So it answered a lot of questions, and it answered a lot of questions for me. And that just kind of gave me information to use and build upon. Before that, I was just going out and running and running around, not knowing how much I needed to do. But the more I ran, the better I felt. And I lost all that football weight I had, which mm-hmm. was up to about almost 200 pounds. And that happened in one quarter of the school session since Austin P was on the quarter system. So people that knew me and had classes with and came back for the next quarter saw me and thought I had had some disease or something because I'd lost so much weight. <laughs> but told them what I was doing. They didn't. They thought I was crazy, but um, it all worked out. But then, since you and since you like to run, you just thought, well, this coaching coaching this cross country and track stuff seems like a a more yeah. more fun thing. And yeah. you were having an impact on other people's lives, I guess. At that yeah, point, I was. Too. Um, one of the football players there who was a, a split in on the football team had gotten, and a couple of years ahead of me in school, had gotten assistantship there and became um, one of the coaches in track, which he did track, but he did jumping events. And then... He was still there as I came up, and I also got an assistantship, and I was running a lot. Then he asked me to, I have to know something about distance running, which he didn't know anything about. Would I come out and tell him something to do, even if it was wrong? Because (laughs) what he told him was definitely wrong. So that started me into coaching there and became part of my assistantship. And then after that, I just... After I got through with the program there, went on into high school coaching in Florida, matter of fact. And, and it was it that being a cross country coach isn't too hard because nobody else wants to do it. I've noticed. That's true, and that's what happened at Austin P. Uh, we met in cross country and he was telling him and telling this guy here is gonna help us with the program and a lot of them knew me because I was there as just a graduate assistant. I was all just like a student almost, except maybe a year or two older than some of them. So they just shifted their gaze at me like, well, he's going to tell us what to do. (laughs) And uh, I did, and he backed it up. And the first race we had in Nashville at Percy Warner Park, every runner but one said PRs, that they had since they've been there and that convinced them that wait well he might know what he's talking about (laughs) and so they were all on board after that and then Uh, the guy that didn't set the pr had turned his ankle getting off the bus (laughs) so he but he ran and finished so i said wait Uh, that happens i guess so do you have like kind of a general philosophy on on coaching training or is it is it just kind of a mixture and hodgepodge of, of different philosophies of others or yeah i walk out to the practice sessions and whatever comes into my head is what i give them that day no seriously <laughs> i know a lot of coaches that do that <clears throat> and uh, sometimes they just make it up as they're walking out of the building to the field but uh, the programs the practice sessions they 
give the runners are planned weeks and days and weeks ahead of time, even though a lot of them change day to day, depending upon how the runners feel, especially Mm. high school kids. I'd have to let them run around and play grab butt with each other, messing around at the beginning, and that kind of gauges, gives me a gauge on how they feel. Mm-hmm. And if they're, if uh, Johnny's over there and he's just not, he's just watching, not play, playing any attention, not goofing around, probably doesn't feel too well that day. Had a bad day at school and class. So his workout might change a little bit. Mm-hmm. The others put them out there with the planned workout and everything goes right. So I have to gauge it day by day. Yeah. But the workouts in general are planned for that part of the season and um, what they've done previously. Yeah. Well, what about – we have we have a lot of folks that, that watch, listen to the, this podcast, and there, there's some people – and when you coach people, we get the same kind of person. You, you get an athlete who says – it feels like they can't do something, but you know. You've watched them. You know they can do more than they think they can do. How do you get that person to understand they can do more than they think they can do? Yeah, I've had a couple of those, especially when I was in Florida, and I had been coaching there a couple of years, and then these two guys showed up for the team, and they'd run in middle school, well, junior high school at that point down there, and they did okay. And I had recruited them because I knew they could run better. But they still came into the program and they were they would just run along their easy run was just a fat person jog i mean they took easy to the extreme and they would not push the red line and push it over and put in more effort and um, i knew they could run a lot better than they did than they could than they have so we would give the workout, or I would give the workouts to the group, but I would move those two out and say, you two stand right over there. Mike and Steve just stand right over there. And they would wonder, oh, why am I over here? What's wrong? Oh, I guess I'm going to get a better workout or something. And then I'd give them this group over here and workout maybe four 800s around the field and so forth and timed with interval. And you two guys over there, just jog around the building, come back and have a seat. So I was trying to get them to the point where they wanted to do more. And I figured out the best way to do that was give them less. (laughs) And after a few days of just, coach, why am I over here? Well, guys, every time I tell you to do a workout, you just, you're behind all the girls team. I mean, then you should be way ahead. So I figured that's all you could do. So just go back over there and have a seat. (laughs) And then, okay, you guys jog around the field again. Come back and have a seat. And then their parents showed up. Or one one said Mike's parents showed up. Wanted to know, said they were complaining about the program (laughs) and what was going on because he had been a pretty good runner in middle or junior high school and – What's going on now? And I told them the whole thing, and they said, oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that kind of attitude of theirs at home. I might have to try to work this out at home, too. 
<laughs> I said, well, good luck with that, because they may take it to all the way to the barn on that one. You give them less to do at home, they may, oh, okay, that's great. <laughs> so anyway. That's would, a good story. Oh, that turned goodness. them around, and they started working harder, and they were number one and two, and and um, one of them was the state champion. Yeah? Wow. Wow. Well, I know there's there's three guys just from the team that I was on in high school that are coaches today. Me and Alan Drosky is the head coach at Georgia Tech, and then uh, Randy Ashley uh, coaches in Asheville, North Carolina. Do you have any idea how many coaches you've coached over the years? Uh, no, I don't. It's got to be a pretty high number, though. I've, I've, every once in a while, I'll get the notice or something from – Somebody says, hey, I'm coaching now. I've been coaching for 10 years or whatever. And just wanted to thank you. Or they'd ask me a question about what to do with people. Yeah. Like the example I just gave. And so I don't know how many of them there are out there. It's funny. I've had conversations with Randy in particular about kind of training philosophy and and stuff like that. Not a ton of conversation, but um, he – he would bring up, well, you remember what we used to do, you know, when when we were in high school. You remember what Rich had us do. And uh, so you're, you still get referenced in, in those conversations. Um, I remember one story in particular that happened, and I don't know if you, you – I'm sure you remember it. but I wouldn't pro- be too sure about that <laughs> since my memory is escaping me every day. But this is probably the incident that probably gave me more respect for you than anything. And I, I try, honestly, in my own coaching to to kind of model it a little bit. But you were running a 50-miler around Stone Mountain. And I yeah. think it was, it was 10 mile, It was ten laps around Stone Mountain. Yeah. And I ran a 20K that day. I ran really, really well on that 20K. But I, we were kind of hanging around just kind of cheering for you as you, were, as you were continuing to run after we were done. And I remember running the last five miles with you. And as I was running those last five miles with you, you were struggling. You had, you'd gone really well for the first 35 miles and then started to, to fade a little bit. And then uh, you were in second place. And then the third place guy passed you with, I don't know, maybe a mile and a half left in the, in the race. And you just looked at, you looked up at him, you saw him pass you, and you just kind of waved at him like, ah. Nothing I can do about that. And then it's like something clicked, and you decided, there's something I can do about that. I don't know if it was the fact that you had one of your runners running next to you. (laughs) You didn't want him to see you give up or or what it was. But all of a sudden, you just like said, okay, I'm going to take off. And I had a hard time keeping up with you for that last mile of that 50-miler. I remember that. And I remember the guy uh, making – he made you mad because he made some comment while we were running. And uh, and I finally just I said, well, okay, I don't want to get in the way. I got off the road and ran th- ran in the grass instead of so I didn't so I wasn't in the way. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That that was uh, I just remember I I was like I couldn't believe you ran that fast at the end of a fifty miler like that. Was that just an adrenaline thing or? Well, yeah, the guy was from uh, Athens, I do believe, and uh, he said as. We had been against each other in some other races. <clears throat> and uh, he came by and said something about, well, I see your training's not paying off. 
or something like that. And we had talked before, a friendly sort of way, after some other races about his type of training compared to my type of training. Mine was based on longer miles, high mileage, running slower, easier effort with just speed work uh, or faster effort work built into those runs and places. His was based a lot on uh, intervals, mile repeats, two-mile repeats. I think he did. He also did some three-mile repeats, and uh, he did those on a road that had marked uh, around the Athens area. <clears throat> but he would always be joshing around saying his type of training was better than my type of training. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, maybe so. You know, but anyway, <clears throat> he comes by and he gives some kind of reference to that, you know, like your training's not paying off so much, huh? And then, like I said, he moved on out, <clears throat> had a better cadence than I had. And I thought about it and said, well, he can't feel that much better than I do. <laughs> so I just started cranking up and going after him. And I was getting closer and said, ha, ha, yeah, I'm going to get that guy. Yeah. I knew I was going to get him because he could hear me back there. But his cadence wasn't getting any better. So I knew he wasn't going to get any better. Yeah. So I got closer and closer and closer, then went by him and didn't say a word. <laughs> and that felt good. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. took it all the way in. So that was, yeah, you were in that area. And, and I, I remember <clears throat> when you, I remember when you finished, I looked back, he was nowhere to be found. I mean, he wasn't even in sight. When you, by the time you finished, that was only a mile into it. So, <clears throat> yeah, that was a pretty impressive day and uh, and a good lesson to me. Um, as a matter of fact, I had a, a, a race that was, almost similar where i was behind a guy it was the dalton red carpet half marathon i was yeah. behind a guy and i and i was telling myself the same thing it was like you never know how bad he's feeling and we were a mile from the finish line and um, i wound up winning that race um too and it would just wound up being one of those things where things work yeah. out in that case especially in your abilities <clears throat> you probably or should have been thinking well <clears throat> there's not many people out here that can actually run a mile faster than I can. And if you're only a mile from the finish, you could hammer yeah. that knowledge into them. I was, that's why I was, I was wondering, I wonder what kind of kick he's got. Yeah. I kept running through my head. Yeah. 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 Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, what, what motivates you to keep running? Well, I like to do it for one thing. <clears throat> it makes me feel good. It, uh, <clears throat> calms my brain down. So when I get angry at everything, I know it's hard to believe that I do get angry, <laughs> but it I can come back a different person and uh, forget about insignificant things that I now know are in, insignificant after running. And um, it just makes the whole day better. So if it works on one day, I figure it's going to work on every day. <laughs> and after running for consecutive days and then I found out that I had a streak going. Actually, I found out that people actually kept up with a streak. I didn't know they did. 
Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. All right, so you mentioned that um, the, the big elephant in the room, we've talked about it on our podcast before, this this streak that you've got, which is approaching 50 years. It'll be every running every day for 50 years as of, what, the end of December or beginning of January? Uh, near, <clears throat> excuse me, near the end of December. December. Like the 27th? 27th. Yeah. Is uh, the next day would start another year right right so you've run at least the the rules are you have to run at least a mile a day every day um and you started here's the way when when people when you say to somebody i know this guy who's run every day for almost 50 years it that sounds impressive but I, i there's one thing that i always say that makes it sound even more impressive i said the last day he didn't run richard nixon was president (laughs) <laughs> and, and when you say it that way it really drives the point home that was a long time ago man that impresses me <laughs> couldn't think of it in that terms yeah uh, so a historical fact there so you just kind of found out about the streak after you had started the streak yeah i had um started that few days there in december last few days then it, it looked on the calendar and i was recording what i'd ran on a calendar little blocks and then right down just right down the mileage and um then i said well got a new year here and after a few days of running i'd come back to the calendar and put the mileage down the little notes and so forth that was a running log of sort at that time and then i said well, you know i wonder if i can run the fulfill the whole month run up to my birthday on the 26th of january make it that far and then i got there and i said i might want to go the whole month i wonder if i can do february and then after february i said heck i'm gonna see if i can do the whole year (laughs) and uh took a little struggle here and there because i just weren't really tuned into that hadn't thought about it before until then and but as it got more and more days behind me i didn't want to waste them so I probably ran some when I shouldn't have just to make sure I did it. Those were like mild days. And um, So how many days over the over these 50 years have you run just one mile, would you think? There's very few. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many. I, but probably less than a handful a year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there'd have to be something wrong. Well, I haven't been injured much at all. Um, haven't been sick much at all either. You had a back uh, problem though one time that that really yeah. gave you fits for a little while. Didn't it, it did, yeah. yeah. And those were mile per day days. Yeah, and they struggled. And uh, but 
mentioning that, I think the running helped the back problem heal faster. The doctor gave me two to three weeks to get over it, and after a week, I was fine. And he said, "What? Wait a minute. <laughs> what? What'd you do? Get on some kind of a stretching program or something?" I said, "Well, I stretched what I could after I run, but I, baby, wait. You mean been running during this time?" And I said, "Yeah, I, it hurt, but I ran." <laughs> oh, well, okay. That's one for the books. <laughs> so maybe the running that's the only thing variable that he didn't count on like, might know- have helped out. You know, it's something I've said over and over again to people is I really think that there's times when, when I'm hurting and I'm, I feel semi-injured or, or a minor injury, I guess you'd call it, and, and I feel like running is therapeutic for it. I think it's better to run than to not run. Yeah, and I think you can feel that. Yeah. The body's designed to run. Mm-hmm. That's why we're upright. Mm-hmm. That's why our muscles have long attachments in the lower in the legs <clears throat> to help propel us forward and keep us upright and balanced. And I think it's maybe an evolutionary thing. So I've, I've told people on this podcast that I remember running three miles in the Atlanta airport one time because it was the only time I had to get a run in that day. So <laughs> yeah. what what is the strangest place that you have had to run in order to get a run in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have run, I've also run at, inside at the Atlanta airport <clears throat> I can't really remember why either the weather was bad outside and I was there waiting on someone or whatever but I figured I would do that I just remember people looking at me yeah. <clears throat> and wondering uh, or probably thinking well that guy's in a hurry he's about to miss his plane or something <laughs> and uh, so that might like you that may be one of the oddest places i've run yeah i've run some in gyms when the weather has been really really terrible yeah many many laps around the basketball oh my floors which is i'll get you dizzy yeah well it drive you crazy i'd have to turn around and go the other way um i guess that's about it because usually i get outside no matter how bad the weather yeah is i kind of think of it as a challenge that the weather's not going to stop me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll put on everything I have and go out and run in the rain. I've run in, in Florida. I run in uh, hurricane weather. And that was different. I turned and went. I remember running down uh, the road and taking a left that goes along Highway 98 toward Panama City and parallels the coast. And as soon as I turned that corner, that wind hit me like a wall. So I turned around the other way. <laughs> Let it help you. <laughs> that was easier, but I got six miles in. And, oh, my goodness. And the rain, wow. rain and wind was just blowing me everywhere. Well, you, I, And I've told the story on here before that I, I've run every day but one for the last 12 years. And, um, you know, obviously. Now, why was that, that one that not up? run? Have I never told you that story? Why that one? No. Yeah. Well, I I I had the flu one week, and it was it was bad. It was one of those that you know. And yeah. I, I would go downstairs in my on my treadmill. I'd run a mile on the treadmill, and and then I'd sit on the side of the treadmill for twenty minutes trying to recover because I felt so bad. Just <laughs> but trying you ran to run a mile, but I ran that mile. Huh. And so uh, I got through that whole week, and by Saturday I was feeling 
pretty normal. So Saturday, I went out for a six-mile run. Felt okay. A little weak, but okay. Monday morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and went, oh, my gosh. I forgot to run yesterday. <laughs> I forgot to run on Sunday. I was working out in the yard, doing other stuff. It's not like I didn't have time. I just wow. forgot to run. And so here I am. I'm laying in bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, okay, how do I fix this? Right? And because you, and there's nothing you can do. It's gone. The day is gone. There's yeah. nothing you can do to, to go back and reverse time. You don't have a time machine. So. so I'm, and I'm getting mad at myself, right? And I'm thinking, why in the world? Well, so I finally laid there and I, I thought, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? And here's what I, I, I mean. I feel like I, God told me this plain and clear. I feel like God said, I know sometimes you feel like maybe you're a little too obsessed. Like maybe running is an idol to you. And this is my way of telling you that just run. Just You love running. Just go out there and do it and enjoy it and quit worrying about whether or not you think it's – I know I'm more important than it is. And that was – it was so clear. And yeah. so that one day is actually a really good day for me. And yeah, I, I tell people this. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who have run every day for the last 12 years. But I may be the only person who's run every day but one in the past 12 years. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole classification by itself. That's right. That's yeah. right. Which so. makes you kind of special, doesn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So how long do you think you can go? Uh, as long as I'm breathing, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I feel good. I, nothing yeah. hurts. Uh, I'm slower. I probably will get slower. 76 now? Is that yeah, right? 76. We okay. uh, have a birthday in January. Okay. Uh, as long as I feel good and it's not hurting me and the hurt carries over for days and days and days and days, I guess I'll just keep on going. Yeah. I like the movement. So you never get to the point. I remember when I was in high school, I ran every day for the last two and a half years of my high school running. And I remember um, just getting to the point where I just, I just, I wanted that streak to be over. Because it felt like a burden after a while, right? Yep. And I remember days of it's eleven thirty at night, and I still have a run, <laughs> and you know, and, and running at eleven thirty at night, and, and it just became a burden, and I wanted to end it. Have you ever gotten to that point? Yeah, I have. Sarah, I was running a lot, <clears throat> a lot of miles, and a lot of days before I really realized that a streak. Is, is being formed. I was just going out there and running, not even thinking about a streak. Didn't even know about streaking and until um, I read about it and found out about it and said, well, maybe I could do that. And then after I re realized now I'm running and making a point to keep the streak going, it became a burden. Right. Because I was running for a different reason than just going out and running and because I liked it. Yeah. So I had to work myself out of that. And I thought, my first thought was, well, I just won't run tomorrow. And uh, that would get that solved. But when tomorrow came, I got up and ran. And I was out in the run before I, oh, I wasn't going to run today. <laughs> so that told me that maybe I wasn't putting as much weight on the streaking as I thought I was. Maybe I was just thinking about it more. Yeah. And I think that was the case because – after that realization, then the streak was there. It was there. Okay. If it's not there, that's okay. I'll just keep running <laughs> and marking it on the calendar and 
realized, okay, another year's gone by, then finding yeah. out about the streak organization, finally submitted my information to them and got recognized. And Yeah, and you're fifth right now. On on the uh, list. Last time right? I looked, yeah. Yeah, I looked at it just this past week. You're 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 still number five right now, unless somebody hasn't run in the last few days. Uh, of those five, of those four that are ahead of you, um, the guy that you're at forty nine point eight years. The guy that's <laughs> leading is at fifty four point four years. And um, there's not a whole lot you can do, but just try to outlast <laughs> them, right? I guess so. And I noticed of those four guys, three of them are younger than you are. So that's that was a surprise to me when I saw that. I I, I figured I would see you know some, some eighty year old guys. Yeah, like there. dinosaurs, like me. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll see if this dinosaur can hang in there longer than yeah. that. I don't know. Uh, I like your chances. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and if you think if you think running every day for twelve years is is a long time, I mean, I guess I guess it is. Um, but there would be, if I was on that list, which I can't be because I missed a day, but if I was on that list, there would be over 300 people ahead of me that have been more than 12 years. So that's, that's there's a lot of folks doing the streak. And those are just the ones that are on the list. Yeah. You, you have to voluntarily put yourself on that list. Yeah, you so, have to yeah. enter your name into the mix and see if it's recognized and go and then get on these people out there like I did, didn't even know the list existed. Yeah. And I just... Found out about it. I can't remember how I found out about it. Read that there was a. Uh, there, there is an official list out there. International, yeah, an international uh, organization that keeps up with it, and then the uh, national part of that. And, so, and they're serious about it too, because I remember when, because you had you had over thirty years in before you ever got your name yeah. on the list, and so. They researched to make sure that you—that was a legitimate thirty-something years that somebody wasn't just coming out of the blue and going, "Hey, I've run every day for thirty. You know, yeah. somebody could do that, right? Well, I so, thought about that, yeah. But uh, they called me. Apparently, you gave them my name, or at least you must have given them several names. And I remember them calling me and saying, "How do you know that he's run every day? You know, since such and such time?" And I remember telling them, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> but, but. Uh, but yeah, they're, so they're they're really good about checking up and, and at least doing a little bit of research to make sure somebody's not putting somebody on. So that's, yeah, that's, that's I remember impressive. them asking me. I remember reading about it and thinking, well, shoot, I, I've done a, I've done those these many days. I'll just enter my name. Thought that would be it, and yeah. then I get all this feedback from them that to verify this, verify that, a whole list of things, and one of them was name so many people. I forget how many it was. Yeah, who could possibly verify? And I know I put your name on there because I, I think that was the first name I put on there. Yeah, that uh, would know that this guy is crazy enough to do that. <laughs> so they might have called the other nine people or whatever. That's it's, it's so interesting to to think that that that, that kind of consistency and just frankly the luck as well, right? You you, you got to have some. You got to be fortunate. Yes. To to have not. You know, I had to spend a day in the hospital and not been able to get up and out of the bed. That's uh, true. In, in all those years, I did actually. Well, and you didn't you have, didn't you have like a bunch of stitches in your leg I, from a saw accident? I had a cyst and bottom of my tailbone. Oh, that's not even good to think about. I don't even <laughs> want to say it. And it had to be cut out 
So they had to cut a hunk of meat out oh. to get down there and pull it out and then pull everything right to left to the middle and stitch it up. And it was really tight and had to be, I had to be almost motionless so the stitches wouldn't pull the skin apart. So what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> you got up and ran. I got. <laughs> what did you do in the hospital or something? I was in the hospital. I put on my pants out of the closet, took the gown, stuck it down in my pants so it looked like a shirt, and went down the hallway and down the steps and went outside. And this is the hospital at Clayton County and and uh, did, I think it's three, almost three and a half laps around their grounds to yeah. get a mile in. <laughs> and went wow. back up and peeked in the hallway to see if no nurses were coming around. And I think if if they checked out, if they checked my room when I was out, I'm in trouble. And I'll tell them I was in the bathroom. But then I'm sure they would check the bathroom, the restroom. But luckily, I guess nobody ever checked while I was because it was nighttime. It was like pick the right time. Yeah, like past midnight, so it'd be the next day. I figured oh. that would be the best time to try it. And it hurt. My God. But um, I was in there three days, I think. So wow. three of those days were doing that. It was only because of the streak. Yeah. How crazy yeah. is that? Well, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But, but everything healed up okay, so I it, guess it was all right. It's God a fun, said, and well, it's a fun story. God said, well, she, you can do that, buddy. I'm with you. Yeah. But everything was everything was okay. <laughs> Well, let's talk about another topic that that is, I think, interesting to the the folks that listen. I, do you still drink Coke? Yeah, yeah. So I remember years. I, I don't. You, I don't shoot Coke in my arm. No. I drink Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Get that straight. Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, and for for many people that listen to this, people, and I'm sure you get these comments all the time. That's like drinking battery acid to some people, right? Yeah, that's, drink Coke. that's the story out there. And, yeah. and you still drink Coke to this day. Yeah. And no ill effects, no problems. Um, how, how much, you know, I was convinced at one time that diet just wasn't all that important. And um, when, I, when I was in high school, I paid no attention to my diet at all. Yeah, like most high school people yes. do. I just made sure I got lots of calories. I didn't do that. But uh, <laughs> but I had paid no attention to what I ate, never thought much about it. Um, and, and I was always convinced it just didn't matter so much. And then a few years ago, we had a, a guy on our podcast, actually, his emergency room doctor, and he was a, a plant-based eater. And we talked about his plant-based diet. And I thought, yeah, I need to try that. Well, I tried it. And I thought, well, you know, you know, if you're going to try something, you got to do it for a period of time to mm -hmm. see if it, it it works. So I did. I decided 30 days. Well, at the end of 30 days, I was like, the first couple of weeks weren't great. <laughs> but after 30 days, I was like, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel more energized through the day. And um, I've been on a plant based diet ever since. And that was over three years ago. And um, with good results. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was six months after I started that I ran a. 1636 5k at 55 years old and um so it's been it, it has been successful for me now i'm not as strict on it as i was and i really need to get back to what i was doing but 
do you think do you think the plant based diet is crazy or what what do you think? No, I think diet it's, in general? I think it's well based, and uh, I kind of tend to look at things in a evolutionary way because we're still here walking around, running around as humans because our ancestors survived, and most of those survived by eating plants and because they weren't strong enough to kill animal, big animals to, to feed the tribe or whatever, even though they had traps and hunting and stuff, all that. But most of the time, it was plants that kept, the, kept them going. And I'm sure that's one reason we're still here. So a plant-based diet fits into that evolutionary scenario. And if it was yeah. good then, it's got to be good now. In so, fact, it may be better now with progress putting so much um, non-nutritional stuff yeah. in the foods we eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you drink Coke. What about what about the rest of your diet? Is it is uh, it fairly natural? Is it? How yeah, it, it goes from it goes from a Coca Cola to a Diet Coke, and maybe a. Uh, Coke with some sugar in it, and uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no. Coke Coke's got a bad rap, a lot of stuff. But Coke will really is a really uh, actually a good aid in running when you're out there. If you can stop somewhere and get a Coke, yeah, and drink it. You're getting sugar in. You're going to use that sugar immediately because the body's wanting it. Right. If you've been out there for a few, you know, half mile will do it. It's got to be a few more. Yeah. And um, um, the caffeine will actually mm-hmm. trigger fat loss, fat usage while you're running longer. So then you're burning some sugar from the that you've used up. Then you tap into the sugar from the Coke, I would imagine. And then the caffeine has had time to work and you start using fat that's on your body as energy which is all a good thing i guess yeah i mean it's, it's, i mean it makes sense it makes sense um <laughs> so there's a lot of people who will blame and i don't i don't remember this being a thing when i was in high school maybe it's because we didn't know as much as we know today but you know these high school kids these days they'll run a minute slower than they should have run a race yes and they'll say it's because of what i ate yeah. Or it's because I wasn't hydrated enough or, or something like that. How crazy is that? That's crazy enough to be what they think is true. But a lot of them just haven't explored the, all the facets of running to know that it's not true. Yeah. That they can train more. They can clean up their diet a little bit. They can quit eating that s- snack right before the race. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's, yeah. And I, I see a lot of teams as I'm helping with the trying program. I see a lot of teams and I see a lot of them eating immediately before the race. And I want to go over there and slap the stuff out of their hands and tell them not to do it. That, you yeah. know, whatever you're eating now is not going to help you in a race. The only thing it can do is hurt you. Right. And, uh, but I don't do that, obviously. Yeah. But I, I guess the coaches aren't getting that information. To the to the runners, I'm not even sure the coaches know. Well, I, I think see the, some coaches handing out stuff right before the race. 
So yeah, it's, and it's par- a problem. Parents, parents are, I think, to blame a lot of times because they think, well, you know, we need something to eat. You're about to expend a lot of energy. You need energy. That's you know? true. And so there, there's, I think, there's probably a lot yeah. of that going on. I have seen parents at races, invitationals, handing out stuff to to their runners, bananas especially. Yeah. Sometimes apples, which is a bad thing. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sure that happens. Yeah. 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 So it's it's good intentions, but right we all know about good intentions yeah good intentions and not (laughs) backed up by the right knowledge that's it would you like to experience the bible in a different way than you've ever done before well you can join me coach dean as i read through the entire bible every day for a full year You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab all right we're back oh, let's talk about some specific things that i remember from, from back in my day um, i remember one occasion where we were headed to i want to say north carolina could have been south carolina but we were headed to a regional junior olympics race and we had a bus full of kids that were headed that way and i was goofing around on the bus and you were driving the bus and you had had enough and so you pulled over on the side of the interstate if i if i remember correctly and you had me and somebody else do push-ups just about to the point where we were about to puke do you remember that day uh, yes i do <laughs> i think we were going to Furman, if not Furman, somewhere up in that area okay all right i didn't because they were hosting a lot of meets up there at that time yeah i remember running that race the next day and being so sore <laughs> oh my gosh i was sore well, it carried over again i'm yeah. glad i'm glad <laughs> uh, if it carries over then you're probably going to remember it which obviously you do yeah well i still ran pretty well that day. yeah you did I, but uh but that's for, the thing about it the push-ups you know I've, I've, at one time i'd had people get out and run alongside the road if it wasn't an interstate or anything or I'd, there'd be a hill over there. I said, okay, you and you, you're going to have to get five repeats up that hill, ten, whatever. But then push-ups became easier, and I found out that uh, the carryover stress from push-ups is almost nothing. Huh. And because once you start running and you get warmed up and you could be sore here, you think, here, triceps, but yeah. once you start running – it's all good goes away unless you do like five thousand it might not be well and i think i did just short of that (laughs) yeah yeah four thousand's okay (laughs) well i remember here not too long ago you know when i was coaching at dalton state we went to a meet down in gulf shores alabama and um we ran the 5k and then it started raining it wouldn't stop lightning and they finally just had to call the meet and so we got in we got in and we drove home 
And on the way home, I thought, well, this is not right. We, we trained for a race. We were ready for a race, and we didn't get to run a race. So we stopped in LaGrange, Georgia, and found a, a high school track, and we ran a 1,500-meter race. Those that didn't get to run the 5K that morning got to run their 1,500-meter race. All but one of them ran a PR that day. <laughs> and I'll never forget the, when, it, when, it, when that day came, it was um, they, they didn't want to do it. Obviously, right. yeah. You know, you know how you know that is, right? They didn't yeah. want to do it, and so I told them we're going to start at such and such time after we stopped the bus when they they all were warming up and stuff, and they all came to the line ready to run. Only one of them had spikes on, and I said, "What are you doing? This is a race. This is suppo- you're supposed to treat this like it's a race. Like a race." Yeah. And I said, "Go get your spikes on. You got five minutes." They all go run back. They're now they're steaming at me. They're so <laughs> mad, but they go back to their uh, uh, to the bus. They get their spikes on. They come back out there. Like I said, all but one of them run a PR, um, and that one that was that, that didn't run the PR had been injured. And uh, it was a great. It was a really good day. And they were you know they were kind of glad they did it afterwards, but they were still really mad. But I never remember getting back on the bus and thinking that was such a Westbrook thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you're sitting here telling me that I'm, I'm i was thinking well this sounds good i think i would have done that too yeah right <laughs> uh so well did their attitude change knowing that they ran prs as you went little, yeah. further up the road they did they were you know they were they were in reflection they were like yeah i guess it's good that we did that because that yeah. was it was good that we got that out um so can you think of something that was just crazier that you did over the years that you had a team do or somebody do or i've had i've stopped and had hill workouts when i just saw a hill over there that looked good (laughs) and took teams to well yeah from coaching in georgia and we went to uh florida for invitationals down there or even south georgia yeah and uh we'd pass roads the land on the side and there'd be a hill going way up there and i said look over there guys and they said oh no (laughs) (laughs) we're pulling over parking we could get access to the hill and they'd do 10 repeats or so a lot of times that was after the race we wouldn't want to do it before the race but they uh became they came to expect it so when he pointed the hills a lot of times i would just point to it and drive right on by and they'd go oh, be so glad but they always did well on the on the hill finally because it was just a new place talk about hills i remember the andes nursery loop yeah uh, yeah, I remember that. Matter of fact, we were doing three mile repeats on the Andes Nursery Loop when uh, you pulled me aside. It was before the season had even started, and you pulled me aside my senior year and told me, "Listen, you got a chance to win the state meet if you'll just buckle down and 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 care a little bit and do it." And sure enough, you were right. I remember that day. Yeah, because you were coming up those hills, you were getting to the top, but there wasn't a whole lot of effort involved. Yeah. Yeah, you had a good stride. Arms were good, which is good. Yeah. You can do that on hills with good form. Still, it'll be to your advantage. 
But if you start pushing it a little bit with that good form, which you were not doing, then the benefits may be doubled because when you get to the top of the hill, you're <laughs> breathing kind of hard. Yeah. So after that, you started doing that. Yeah. And finished it up pretty well. Uh, well, I remember our practice one time when I was I was whining. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was bent over tying my shoe, and when I came up, you said, Thompson, why don't you just go home? I mean, just, yeah. just go home. I mean, there, you don't have to be here. Just go home. And then you, and then I was, I'm looking at you like, what, what are you talking about? And you looked at me and said, now, don't come back tomorrow, but just go home. And I remember that. Kind of drove a point home. Uh, I think I whined a little bit less than after that. Maybe I didn't cut it out completely, I'm sure. Uh but I was the best runner on the team at the time. Yes, and, but you were serious. I mean, if, if uh, yeah. you were like, if you're not, if you don't want to be here, don't be here, right? Right. Which which we can't get away with these days. It seems, you know, these days it's really hard to to just be honest and frank with with athletes. That's true, and I uh, I see that when I'm helping with the trying team, and I remember that incident, and even as I was telling you that. I was really hoping you weren't going to go. <laughs> and I kept, and even as I was hoping that, I kept adding on to it, like, and don't come back, you know, like a final nail. Yeah. And uh, maybe that would convince him to keep on going with this work. And it worked out. And it I'm worked out. It did. And when it, I saw it working out, I went, oh, boy, yeah, I got through that. But like with this team now, if I did that with – their top runner, if I was enough in charge to do that, he'd, he'd just probably walk off and never come back. Yeah. And I yeah. said, oh, well, I just blew that one. Yeah, yeah. And that's <laughs> so, if you didn't get a lawsuit for talking like that uh, these so, days. So I just have to approach it a little differently or just pull him out of the workout for a few repeats, hoping he'll ask why he's over here. And I say, well, you're wasting your time out there. You're not doing so. I don't want other people to be that bad in their workout so yeah. if they don't see you doing it maybe they'll do better then then I, they'll get back in there and do it i've done some of those similar things and coaching is a constant psychological investigation into people yeah it is every day yeah and one day you may that may work and the next day the same thing may destroy it all yeah yeah and, well do you remember i was doing a workout by myself one time and it for I don't remember why my mother was out there at this workout, but she was. And I was doing 800 repeats, but you didn't tell me what the workout was. So you told me, get on the line. I want you to do an 800. I want you to run it hard. And I, I don't remember the, exactly the words you used to say how hard you wanted me to run, but it was, it was hard. And like I ran like 208 or 206 or something pretty fast. Yeah, probably right under race pace. And then you uh, – Right over race space. Yeah, and then and then you, you were still like just just rest for a minute, and then you were like, okay, get on the line and do another one. I had no idea how many of these I was going to do, and I kept getting slower every time I ran one. I got slower, and I finally got to the point where I was running them. I ran, I think I ran one in like two twenty two or two twenty four or something. And I stopped. I got at the end of that run. I turned around and I looked at you and I said, "What do you want from me? Like I, I'm not doing myself any good at this point. What do you want?" And um, 
I remember you just you didn't say hardly anything, and then you just said, "All right, back on the line." <laughs> and you made me so mad that day that I ran that next one faster than I had run the one before it, and I got through. And you just said, "Okay, that's it. Go ahead and cool down, and we're done." Yeah. Do you remember that day? Yeah, that was a breaking point workout. <laughs> well, you broke me. Eight hundreds are good to use because. You may feel really bad if you run it right. You're going to feel stressed when you get through, but you recover pretty quick rather yeah. than doing a mile. You recover a lot longer, and the workout will be longer. Yeah. 400 just relies too much on innate speed. It we, the 800 would require a modicum of endurance and stamina plus the speed. And it was to get a person to the point where they just – not going to do it again they just i know i can't i can't do it that's usually what they say i can't do it not i won't do it is i can't do it which actually means the same thing yeah so when did you get get them over that bridge of i can't or won't and usually they're gonna run worse and just that's it they may quit the team. They may never come back. They might come back the next day. Or they run better, and everything's brighter from there on out. Yeah. And well. Usually they know how that feels. The muscle, the muscle pattern in their body knows they had to push it at the very end, and then the workout was over. Then they can relate to that in a race huh. and push it no matter how. That guy's ahead of me by 50 yards, but – he didn't do those 800s like I did. Yeah. So you push it, push it, and you might catch him before the finish line and probably will. Oh, yeah. It apparently worked. Uh, so one of the – turning back to, to some of the stuff that you've done, one of the coolest things that I remember you doing was the um, the transcontinental race that you did. What year was that? Uh, uh, 1972. 72. Oh, is it, was it that long ago? <laughs> yeah. Wow. 1972. So, and you ran across the country, all the way across the country, right? Yeah, west to east, Los Angeles, uh, Huntington Beach, which is outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. To uh, New York Central Park. Wow. Wow. And how long did that take? About 30 days, I guess. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what I was convinced about, about the first, second, third day into it. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun. <laughs> but it was hard. And you finished, I think, third? Third. First Masters, third overall. Wow, wow. And, of course, you mentioned the Vol State 500K race that you've run a few times. And you in this race, you it's just you, – you, you don't. You just carry with with you whatever you've got, and that's it. You don't have a crew supporting you. It's just yeah, three hundred and fifteen miles. It has two divisions. You can be crewed, where like a family or somebody's riding along in their car, or meeting you up every mile or five miles or whatever, giving you aid. So that's crewed. Or you can just be out there with nobody with you, or thinking about you, or care about you, and if you get it. If you want anything to drink or eat, you've got to have it with you or find it or find the roadkill on the road. <laughs> and uh, that's 
to me, that's the real race. Yeah? Yeah, there's no... And that's the screwed division. There's no division like (laughs) crude winner or the assisted winner. It's just all together. Yeah. You just pick the one you want. Yeah. And I pick the uh, screwed... Division. Yeah. Division compared to the crude division. Screwed from the called from the name the race director yeah yeah monitor so, for that division so and you would just sleep on the side of the road yep carry a small backpack yeah. very small and uh it's got another shirt in it another pair of shorts another pair two more pair of socks no other shoes uh a rain top no complete suit just the top <laughs> and uh, the cap will hang on it or be in there. They'll use it times. And a water bottle. And lubricant. Vaseline yeah. or something of that sort. Uh, yeah, I can uh, see that being if important. If any blisters happen. Yeah. And a little razor blade in case my feet swell up and whatever and I have to cut slices in the shoes to relieve the pressure though i've never had to do that but a lot of runners well you almost had to do it one year though yeah because you started the the it starts in missouri yeah and well actually yeah you walk across the bridge and then start uh, well you get on a boat you get up on the banks in missouri run down the hill to the boat Get on, then go across the Mississippi and get in. Oh, uh, okay. In Kentucky, and then run that little finger part of Kentucky. Then boom, you're in, you're Tennessee, in Tennessee, and then the rest of it ends yeah. in Georgia. And yeah. so, um, so one year you were in a hotel, I think, the night before, and you like stubbed your toe or something. Yeah. And uh, that t- makes me hurt to think about it. Right. Yeah. So, and you decided you were gonna go go ahead and go on with the race anyway. And right and what did you find out afterwards that my toe was broken <laughs> i had to cut the toe area out so it wouldn't be hitting up against the shoe top bottom or side so i was running with two good pair of shoes running shoes and one of them had no covering over the big toe <laughs> So and you finished the, that race. Yeah, and then the problem was every once in a while I'd get rocks in there and grass and whatever. I'd have to stop, take shoe off, clean it out, put it back in there. Oh. And it hurt putting my shoe foot back in there because the toe was swollen. Oh. But uh, Wow, that's crazy. Mm-mm. So you've also done some unofficial things too. Like I know you ran the, the length of the state of Georgia. Um, you've run some other states too, right? Well, I run basically Georgia across the Panhandle in Florida. Okay. From east to west, up west to east. Okay. Finishing in Jacksonville Beach. Okay. Uh, run across the Grand Canyon. North, oh, have you done north that? rim to south rim. Okay. Uh, that's all I can really think of. Ran parts of the Parkway. What's the name of the Parkway? Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah. 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 Not all of it together, even though I still want to do that. Yeah. That's a cool, that'd be a cool trip. Um, I've run the coast of Georgia. 
South Carolina down to Florida. And I think I remember you telling me a story that when you were when you were running Georgia, you were up here, not too far from here somewhere, and you took like an electrolyte pill or something, and then you realized you didn't have any water. Can you tell that story? Yeah, I was running down the basically 41 down through Georgia. Yeah. And I was still up in this area, and I popped an electrolyte capsule. Yeah. And it's got like celluloid that's supposed to digest and melt pretty quick. They don't believe that because it didn't do it. It got hung in the back of my throat. And and I couldn't hardly breathe, much less swallow. Yeah. It just wasn't going anywhere. <clears throat> and I didn't have any fluid, any water. I don't know what I was thinking that I could, well, I had taken them before like that because of moisture in my mouth. I could just swallow it. Even though they recommend to take it with water or right. fluid. Yeah. So better follow the recommendations because I didn't. <laughs> but, uh, I was seriously thinking I might just suffocate myself here. I could feel my heart rate getting faster. I was getting lightheaded, and then I was getting dizzy. And I think I went around a curve, stumbling along, and there was a building up ahead of me. And I figured if I could make it there, I was hoping it was a store because it looked kind of could be a store yeah could be just a house or maybe combined and i got there and it was all boarded up and closed but there was a around i went around thinking it might be a faucet but there was like people will cut out a half of a barrel yeah and turn it sideways and use it for a water trough or animals or horses or something one of those was behind it and water was a little water was in it dripping down off the top i guess wow and a lot of it had rust in it but i needed i think you had to have something say well rust has iron in it maybe that'll help me <laughs> uh, so i just scooped it up and tried to clean it out and swallowed enough to find that thing i could feel it like where your collarbone comes together, yeah. straight back into your throat. I could feel it down that deep, but it was not going any further. Yeah. And I kept drinking enough, and I'd hold my head up, trying to straighten my throat out. And finally, I felt it move, and then it finally went on down. And I felt so much better because I knew I wasn't going to die right there <laughs> behind that store. Nobody ever find me. <laughs> and uh, Wow. I was so weak after that that I thought, the carryover, something was wrong. Yeah. That uh, it felt like work just to pick my foot up and put it forward, and my shoulders felt weak. But after walking a little bit, I guess the circulation yeah. improved again, and oxygen got where it needed, and I felt better, started jogging. I was okay. Wow. But I wouldn't suggest taking one of those. In fact, I quit taking those altogether. <laughs> That was enough. With water or anything, I found something else. I just went back to Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Coca-Cola is actually a good drink to use out there. 
While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back. And every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this is the time that I normally do that. Well, what do you think is the best reason to be a runner and or a walker. You're talking to me now, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, for one thing, you don't have to depend on anything else. Yeah. I remember as a kid wanting to go out and play baseball, basketball, all kind of kind. I always had to find somebody to play it with or a group. Yeah. And a lot of times they were just doing other stuff and I always in the back of my mind would like to have something that I wouldn't have to try to find somebody to do it with and I wasn't really thinking about individual sports or team sports I was just a kid with activity Mm -hmm. but as I grew got older um, I still had that idea notion in my head to have something that I wouldn't have to depend on other stuff in order for me to do it. I wouldn't have to find a golf course. I wouldn't have to find the tennis court. I wouldn't have to have other people to play a basketball game. Yeah. And uh, running fits that, and it's been great. Yeah. And uh, that's a good. That's a. And that's I, a good point. And I think a lot of. Seems like a lot of Europeans fit into that thing, especially in the inland countries of Europe. And I don't know why. Germany, uh, Czechoslovakia, a lot of those places, a lot of people tend to gravitate toward individual activities and sports rather than team sports yeah. as a, at an early age. So they grow up having that individual activity without dependency on other stuff. So, huh. yeah, America that, maybe doesn't kind of tends toward team sports more or less. Yeah, yeah. Other than soccer, soccer's big. Over yeah, there, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I don't know. How, do you pay attention to the professional running scene these days? Off and on. Did you see what happened yesterday? No. Kelvin Kiptum just set the world record in the marathon. I, I did see a little blurb on that, but I didn't yeah, I get mean, into the reading of it. He's only 35 seconds away from breaking two hours. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mitchell and I Which have is had, a little faster than my marathon these days. Yeah, a little mm. bit faster. Yeah. yeah just a little. Uh, um, Mitchell and I have debated back and forth how long is it going to be before the two-hour barrier is broken. And my, I have always said I think that – Ilya Kipchoge was a little bit of a an outlier, and that um, I thought it was going to be a long time before it gets broken. Well, here comes Kelvin. <laughs> this is only his third marathon, and he's thirty five seconds away from breaking two hours. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, and he always runs the second half faster than the first half. Um, I, I don't know how fast he ran the second half, but I didn't see his his split. But I actually, in order to watch this race, I couldn't. It wasn't on a regular channel that I get. And so, but you could see it on the news channel mm-hmm. uh, from out of Chicago. So I put that up on my TV and then I set my phone up to record the t- what was on the TV. Yeah. I, was, I wanted to, see, I, I, I had this feeling I needed to see it. And sure enough, he winds up breaking the record. So um, I was glad that I did that. Um, so what do you think? Do, do, do you have somebody this year that you think is, is the most impressive athlete of the year? Is there any performances that that? No, because one stick- thing I haven't kept up with that that closely. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you know next year we got the Olympics coming back? Um, do you do you see anything interesting happening there, or is that another thing you're not necessarily following really closely? Not at this time, but I will as yeah. it gets closer. Yeah. And I usually check in to see which countries are gonna first thing i say which countries will probably dominate uh, <laughs> the distance events yeah which more people pick an african nation to do that yeah but then i then they may be and probably will be correct but i always look for those <clears throat> exceptions to that yeah a guy coming out of portugal or something that yeah. nobody's ever heard of yeah and then knocks off the 10k that's I look a, for those things. That's upsets, a, upsets. That's fun to try to to try to predict. That's cool. Um, what? Here's here's a question for you. I remember we were in, I was in Sturgis, South Dakota. South one time, Dakota. And I went out for a run one morning, and I literally almost ran into a deer. Like a deer was coming down out of the woods as I was going across a bridge, and we met and like closer than me to you before the deer <laughs> saw me and turned around and went the other went back the other way have you ever had any kind of wildlife <laughs> encounters that that you remember like that funny you should ask uh, <laughs> on the uh blue ridge parkway i was uh we had the camp the distance running camp at brevard yeah and i would sneak away and go up on the Blue Ridge Parkway like in the early morning before things could really get going at camp and uh, run uh, about 12 miles or so, I think it was, on the Blue Ridge Parkway out and back. So here I was up there in the uh, early morning, and it was a little bit foggy as I got higher elevation. I mean, not you could still see way ahead, but just a lot of mist in the air. So I'm running along, nobody up there, no cars, it's real quiet, and I'm just, this is really great. And uh, I just go around the curve, and there's a deer up there in front, and uh, it's facing the other way, the way I'm running. He's on the right side of the road. And I'm getting closer, waiting for it. Okay, he's gonna skitter away any minute. I'm getting closer, he's still there. I'm getting closer, he's still there. And I said, well, heck, I'm finally gonna, if I just I quieten my footsteps and getting up so they could slap it on the butt. Oh. And that deer oh, no. takes off and goes about three steps and turns left at a 90-degree angle and up that hill so fast. I said, good 
great if I didn't know they could move that fast. I mean, it was going click, 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 chook, boom. And, uh, oh my goodness. That was, I thought, that, well, that'd probably never happen again, being so close that. Yeah. He must have been must have been really hungry munching on that grass beside yeah. the road, and his real short grass had been mowed a little bit. Probably easy to yeah, because he was so engrossed in that he didn't hear me or smell me or anything. Yeah, but yeah. boom! I wonder what he got back and told his family when. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was a great conversation. Uh, oh uh, my goodness, that's crazy. Um, well, uh, I, I mentioned a few stories. Um, from back in my high school days is, is there one that that you remember a story I, you know what story i remember it just came to mind i remember we used to do these things called guts yeah and guts was i'll explain that the the guts were you would do i don't know it was 10 or 15 20 i don't know how 10 many push-ups on 10 push-ups on one end you'd run 20 push sit-ups on the other end yeah and you'd run back and forth till you got tired yeah yeah and the distance between is whatever i wanted it to be yeah 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 nice little workout yeah yeah but there was and boring for the person doing it that's the main thing is yeah yeah so So, what about you enjoy those well i I think i only did them once but i remember you telling a story about one time there was a group i think there was a it was a, a couple of guys in florida that um something happened after you told them to get started right do you remember this i remember a situation in front if it's the one you're thinking about you told them to get started and then you left and forgot about them yeah i (laughs) they yeah we were out at the track and they were doing in the grass uh actually on the outside part of the track and then about 15 20 feet was a fence and then that strip of grass in there is where they were doing it and had to go to from the gate up to where the fence made a left yeah left turn which was over 100 yards like 125 yards or so yeah and theoretically the harder you run the earlier I'll stop you right and then you you know shorter but they were going they were doing pretty good and then some kid came out and needed something that I had of his in the office. So I said, okay, they're good. I'll go, I'll go. We'll go down. I went over there and I got in the office, found what he needed, and found some other stuff and kind of forgot that I was supposed to be back out there with those guys. <laughs> a few minutes. And then, and then uh, another kid came in and said, how long are... I forget their names. How long are they going to be out there? And I said, oh, oh, a little while longer. I stayed like I knew all along how much luck. I guess I'll go on out and check on them. I didn't tell them I forgot about them. But they were going hard. They were still going hard because they knew if I might, they might not can see me, but I could probably always see them. Yeah. Because sometimes I'd be in another field or whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, I never did tell them that. I yeah. never did tell them that I forgot about them. <laughs> but it still wasn't. Eh, it was under an hour. Yeah. They were doing that. It re- wasn't the longest ever, but it was pretty probably second place. I, I remember the kids on the team not doing a run. I remember one one day in particular, 
where it was my sophomore year and the entire team hid behind the gym we were supposed to be out running six miles and it was me and randy ashley he was a freshman at the time we were the only two <laughs> that ran that day <laughs> did you know that happened yeah okay uh, and of course it i i i wasn't bold enough to to not run Maybe, I, and maybe, maybe you're smarter or maybe i was smarter or whatever it was but i was i never wanted to not do whatever the workout was and i see that today i see kids all the time today just doing everything they can do to try to get out of a run or That's a workout true. and so is that unusual to have kids that 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 don't want to cut workouts short and things or is that no that's probably is that changed over the years i think it's more so now though than then yeah because uh seems like some kids today if they're just involved in the activity that's enough i don't need to be involved and doing the best i can every day yeah i mean i don't want to do that i just want to be on the team yeah he's a cross-country runner yeah he's whatever and they know I'm involved, and I get to wear the jersey and all that stuff. But, you know, you know I don't want to run that six miles hard. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and the coach, I'll still be okay on the team if I don't do it. So yeah, it seems to be a lack of dedication, yeah. at least from the experiences I've had here lately. Well, uh, uh, I've seen some of that myself. Well, let me – I'm going to leave you with a trivia question for this week and I'm going to set it up this way and I don't know if you remember this back I think it was 1981 I, no, I won't remember that go ahead <laughs> we had a trivia contest on the cross country team you gave us all this I think it was two or three sheets of trivia questions and we were supposed to write down the trivia answers turn them back in and the person who answered the most questions was going to get a prize and there was one question that I think stumped everybody and um, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but the answer to the question um, is, is – I remember the answer was a, a person we none of us knew, and none of us could come up with the answer. And I remember everybody was convinced because it was – and this is the way I phrased the question. Who is the Native American who had the highest finish for an American at the Olympic 10,000 meters prior to Billy Mills' gold medal in 1964? And for whatever reason, the entire team was convinced it was some guy named Longboat. <laughs> Thomas Longboat. But that's not what the answer was. And uh, do you remember that question? You don't don't say the answer because this is the, our trivia question for the week. So, yeah, I remember that question. This is probably the hardest trivia question we've ever had on this podcast. So if you can answer that question, if if, if somebody answers that, the first person answers it correctly. Gets a $20 gift card and a run for God's store. So um, if you know the answer to that question, send it to Dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person, um, you'll win that prize. But I remember and now it's a lot easier to find the answer to that question these days than it was back then. Yeah. But, um, but still, it's a hard, that's a hard one to, to find. So if you, if you know that one, you're pretty awesome. All right. I'm going to leave you with a motivational thought of the week do you do you have what what's your what's your favorite quote running quote you got one 
I used to have one that I would respond to when people asked me that, and I haven't done it so long. <laughs> you don't remember. I can't remember. It was very simple. I remember you used to like the one, the race is not always to the swift, but to those who keep on running. Yeah, that's true. I use that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. But I'm at a loss right now. Well. It was like something almost like three or four words. Well, you can keep that one in mind. The race is not always to the swift, but to those who keep on running. It's it's all about staying in the game, right? Yeah, that's and that applies to life itself. It does. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I so appreciate you making the drive over uh, to come over here and share with us. And um, some. <laughs> you've definitely had some experiences. <laughs> it's been good. It's been good to be, be here. And, and you're not done yet. I'm sure there'll be some interesting thing happen in the next year. I hope I'm not done. No, 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 no. Well, you gotta, you gotta outlast those other four guys. So That's true. You just don't. You don't have any choice. I've been thinking, trying to find their, uh, their address. Yeah. And sending them a letter bomb. But I figured, <laughs> no, they'd probably get traced back to me. Yeah, yeah. You probably don't want to do, do that. Yeah. Probably try something different. <laughs> uh, you'll just have to live to 120 and keep running. I yeah. guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised I was even. High that high on the list yeah oh, that's amazing that's it's just that's incredible there's four guys that have run every day for over 50 years in the world and there's one guy that has a retired streak i think i think uh hill ron hill, ron hill. ran 52 years guy from england yeah and i think i think that's it i think those are the only five guys that have ever done it i think you're going to be the sixth guy in the history of the world and that's pretty that's a pretty awesome accomplishment so congratulations uh, well I, I shouldn't say that until it happens because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen that's but, true um, but I have faith and that it'll happen alright thank you so much and uh, if you're tuning in thanks again remember to like and share this podcast remember we're trying to get to 100,000 downloads by the end of this year so you, you gotta get this out because um we 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 got to get there so i have faith in you i know you will and until next week may god bless every step of every run and or walk go out there and shine your light for more information about the run for god ministry go to runforgod.com If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.